Welcome to the new third season of Crying Behind Sunglasses, a mental health podcast for cool people. Also, insert record scratch here, I'm no longer Katie Dahl, it's Kayla now. So, I'm the same lovely host you've come to know and love, I'm just using my Hebrew name now, it's NBD, Uh, but it is kind of a BD, honestly. Uh, It means vessel. And it reminds me of my purpose here on this planet, which is just to be a vessel or a channel for love and creativity and to make art that has a social impact, you know? And even if it's not about making art, I just I just like to help. It makes me feel good. So welcome back. I'm your host, Kayla Dahl. And that's why this has to be the third season, because I was gonna make it part of season two. I was. I really meant to do that. And I was also gonna get married. I really meant to do that. And (laughs) there are a lot of things that I was gonna do a few months ago that I'm just no longer doing. Also, before I get any further into this episode, in case this is your first time here, welcome. Uh, Quick disclaimer, this is not meant to be a substitute for medical advice or therapy. I am not a doctor. I am just a gal who really, really cares about your mental health and wants to make you feel a little bit better about it. You know, like, yes, we're going to talk about some really hard shit, but you don't have to take any of that on and you'll get to learn something and you might be able to use that in your own life for the next time that you feel like crying and laying on the floor or, you know, canceling all your plans because you're in a weird mood. Maybe you don't have to do that. Maybe there's a different way to deal with things. If you've been here before, hi, (laughs) you are in here for a treat. And again, if you're new here and you're not ready to go into the deep end with me, there are a lot of other interviews you could listen to for some context. But you know what? Hey, dive into the fucking deep end with me, please. So have you ever called off a wedding, caught COVID, had to move, lost more than one best friend, and completely changed your entire identity all in less than two months? Well, I have. (laughs) 10 out of 10, do not recommend doing all of this at once. It was really fucking overwhelming, but, you know, hey, I'm alive now. uh, And I have to say, I feel more honest than I have in years. And how do I sum up processing... (laughs) I don't know, about 10 to 12 years worth of trauma uh, in such a short span of time. And I try to sum that up in whatever, however long this solo episode is going to be. I mean, it's not going to be longer than an hour. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, we're not going to do it all in one day. And that's okay. But I am just going to share the bits and pieces of what I am currently going through, what I have been through. And the little nuggets of wisdom I've gleaned so far, which I'm sure will be a lot more probably a year from now or 10 years from now. But there is something to just ripping off the fucking Band-Aid and being like, hi, here I am. Yes, I'm a raw chicken cutlet (laughs) just wiggling around open and vulnerable. And no, like there's never going to be a perfect time for me to share any of this. But it's been two months, like as of tomorrow – When I'm recording this, uh, it will have been exactly two months to the day of when I left my ex-fiance. And I got to say, like, not to toot my own horn, but it's been kind of a good glow up. Like, I am sitting here in a chair that Conan O'Brien was just in, like, literally just in. I'm uh, recording at Earwolf Studios in Hollywood, which is really a legendary comedy podcast network. And to be in this chair that was just blessed by Conan's beautiful ass for me to be sitting in it. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm surrounded by so much good energy now that I might try to be sad, but it doesn't last for that long because I know that the choice that I made is healthy for myself. And it's so interesting because while I was going through all of this, 
ending, like calling off an engagement and a wedding and leaving this house that I lived in. All was very sudden. And I left my studio behind. And so I couldn't record. And I was also kind of scared to record. But I was posting um, on social media just little captions and things about what I was going through and how I made this empowered choice for me and how I didn't want anyone to feel bad or ask me any questions. And something really surprising started to happen, which is that I kept getting all these different texts and DMs from people, especially women, saying that they felt inspired by my story and by what I was doing and by me sharing. And I thought that was so beautiful. And I thought, wow, like my suffering actually has a purpose. And everything that has happened to me, I don't regret any of it because I had to learn this the hard way, apparently. Um, I've been working to break the chains, chains. I've been working to break the chains of intergenerational trauma in my family my entire fucking life. And by that, I mean, just to clarify, like my grandmother and my mother both married and had children with alcoholic abusive men. That's just a fact. That doesn't say anything about them. That doesn't reflect badly on them as women because I've learned, you know, these people will prey on anyone, especially, actually, they love to prey on intelligent, independent women and then break them down. That's another story for another time. But I remember seeing this pattern growing up, and both my grandmother and my mother, to their credit, remarried and got their kids out of these situations. Um, But I remember seeing this pattern as a kid and being like, oh, I don't want that for myself. I don't know how to not have that, but I don't, I know that I don't want it. And when I was really young, I just thought, well, uh, my grandma and my mom both got married really young, so I just won't do that. And then when I was a kid, my definition of really young was like, oh, I won't get married before the age of 25, <laughs> which now I'm like, what? And then 25 rolls around and I'm like, what? No, I, this is going way further than that. I don't think there's an age we can put on this. It's just about choosing kind, respectful people to partner with. Um, but again, see, I kept thinking that I could fix this through partnering through the, with the right person. And now what I have learned is that it, you don't fix this shit with someone else. You have to fix this in yourself. And the reason that I didn't do that and a lot of people don't do that is because that – it is hard. It is scary. It is confronting. It is painful. It is not fun. It is not glamorous. It is not something that I want to like sit here and shout about. Like coming to the studio today, even last night, I could barely sleep. I was like, how am I going to even talk about this? Because I feel like over the last few months, I've been just stabbed in the heart so many times, you know? But I have to, actually, because this is part of my process. And, I mean, even my therapist, she was like, she did say, she did say this is healthy for me. So I think we're going to continue. Because <laughs> if she said it wasn't healthy, like, I would say, okay, we're going to take a break. We're not going to keep talking about our mental health on such a public forum. Maybe it's not good for me. But it does help because every time I put this stuff out there, it helps someone. And when I can help someone, it helps me. So, you know, you're doing me a service by listening, and I appreciate you. Whew. You know, I got into way more of the story than I thought I was going to before I got into this poem. So let's just, let's back up a little bit. See, this is the thing. This grief and this shit that I'm going through right now is so nonlinear and so, there are so many thoughts in my head coming in all at once that I can barely even journal. A lot of times I have to just film myself talking because there are too many thoughts, but we're going to focus now. We are going to focus. So, Something I want to share with you, my sonnies, is this poem. Uh, I have been listening to this poem almost every single day since January of 2020. So this was two breakups ago. This was before lockdown. It feels like a hundred lifetimes ago, right? I mean, even if I don't know you, I know for a fact that you are a different person than you were in January of 2020, um, for better or for worse. And we've all been through something really hard collectively. And 
there is such a power in the collective unconscious right now because we have all suffered together and now we can all heal together. So let's try that. So this poem, I started listening to it in January 2020, not because of COVID, uh, but because I was um, really questioning a lot of things in my life and I wasn't sure what to do about the relationship that I was in and my career and a lot of different things. And I just wanted to surrender to the universe, God, whatever it is that you like to call the powers that be. Uh, I wanted to surrender instead of trying to control everything so much because that's my normal trauma response is to be really controlling and really type A. But I know that, that doesn't, it doesn't ever actually help me. So I thought, okay, how can I surrender? Let me find something on Insight Timer and just listen to it, you know? And this poem uh, came to me and I just, it's only three minutes long and I listened to it and every time I listened to it, I internalize it a little bit more and a little bit more. This is by Reverend Sapphire Rose, who I don't even know them at all in real life. It just spoke to me. <sighs> She let go. Without a thought or a word, she let go. She let go of fear. She let go of the judgments. She let go of the confluence of opinions swarming around her head. She let go of the committee of indecision within her. She let go of all the right reasons, wholly and completely, without hesitation or worry. She just let go. She didn't ask anyone for advice. She didn't read a book on how to let go. She didn't search the scriptures. She just let go. She let go of all the memories that held her back. She let go of all the anxiety that kept her from moving forward. She let go of the planning and all of the calculations about how to do it just right. She didn't promise to let go. She didn't journal about it. She didn't write the projected date in her day timer. She made no public announcement and put no ad in the paper. She didn't check the weather report or read her daily horoscope. She just let go. She didn't analyze whether she should let go. She didn't call her friends to discuss the matter. She didn't do a five-step spiritual mind treatment. She didn't call the prayer line. She didn't utter one word. She just let go. No one was around when it happened. There was no applause or congratulations. No one thanked her or praised her. No one noticed a thing. Like a leaf falling from a tree, she just let go. There was no effort. There was no struggle. It wasn't good. And it wasn't bad. It was what it was, and it is just that. In the space of letting go, she let it all be. A small smile came over her face. A light breeze blew through her. And the sun and the moon shone forevermore. Hmm. Let's just take a breath together. Yeah? Breathe in, one, two, three, four, five. Breathe out, one, two, three, four, five. Wow, I've never read that poem myself out loud and it felt really good, so thank you. And I think it just perfectly encapsulates the journey that I've been through is just this push and pull and this push and pull thinking that there's going to be a right way to do it, that there's going to be a perfect moment for me to start going by the name I want to go by or by being the uh, perfect moment for me to claim the things that I know are mine in this world or a perfect moment or a perfect way, or there's going to be a person who's going to give me permission. And it's like, none, let me just tell you, spoiler alert, none of that shit is ever going to happen. You have to give yourself permission. And sometimes that is really hard, but you do. Hey friends. So 
thanks for joining me on this new season. And even though it is brand new song, brand new artwork, brand new me, I still have the same great online therapy resource that sponsors this show. You know what I'm going to say? It's BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest online therapy service. You take a quiz to get matched with a certified counselor who matches your needs, and you can communicate however you want to, whether that's messaging, chat, phone, or video. And you're just going to be better for it. I promise you. So get yourself out of that post or mid or during pandemic funk and get into therapy. Use my code for 10% off your first month. It's a special offer for my crying behind sunglasses listeners, aka my sunnies. Go to betterhelp.com slash crying behind pod. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash crying behind pod. And you'll get 10% off your first month and you will be on your way to feeling better. There was something else I listened to this morning on my way to driving here to thinking about like, how do I share my story? How are we going to do this? How are we going to crack this uncrackable nut? And I was listening to Oprah speaking to Brene Brown. We love Brene Brown. You know, we we respect Brene Brown in this household. And she was talking about how she studied shame. And the reason I bring that up is because I think the reason I started this podcast and the reason I started even being open about my mental health and social settings was because I was tired of the shame. I was tired of keeping it a secret because the shame and the secrecy was eating me alive. It was actually felt worse than the things I was hiding. Uh, so... The thing that Brene said, because she has studied shame, she is an expert in it, is that shame, shame cannot survive being spoken. Shame depends on me buying into the belief that I'm alone. She also said, share with people who earn the right to hear your story. Let's think about that for a minute. But I'm going to go back. It's that The reason that shame cannot survive being spoken is because shame only exists in the shadows. The minute that you shine a light on it and you show it to someone and you say, hey, here's my shit. This is the the dark underbelly of the things that I'm going through that I'm afraid to face on my own. And that person listens to you and gives you empathy. The shame disappears. It's over. It can only exist in the dark. So... I'm not going to be ashamed anymore about all the shit that happened to me because it's part of my story. And I should be honestly proud to even be sitting here today, let alone having uh, honestly done pretty well over the last few months. I've kept my job. (laughs) I found a new place to live. Uh, It was like only the third place that I looked at. I manifested it, for lack of a better word. Um, My dog is thriving. Coco's doing great. She's not in the studio today because, as any longtime listener of this show knows, she does not behave herself very well while I'm recording. Generally, I do not keep her in the room unless she is – it's like late at night. I know she's going to be asleep. Um, And I've had so many people just show up in such a beautiful way because I finally said, you know what? This is the way that I want to live my life. So what can I say? This is the thing. Again, it hasn't even been that long. It's only been two months. So I don't feel like I have a ton of giant wisdom right now. I can just give a summary of what I've been through and maybe some broad strokes of uh, things not to do. (laughs) Some warning for you, you know, maybe maybe get to know someone really well before you get engaged. That might be a good idea. Also, fun fact, when you do decide to partner with someone on a really deep level, even if there's not a ring involved, honestly, um, you are not just partnering with that person. You are partnering with their family, and they are partnering with your family. And if there is any shred of dysfunction on either side or both sides, it is going to be a shit show. Or it doesn't have to be, but it's going to be tough. And uh, that's just kind of, there is no escaping that. Like, even if you decide to elope, there are still going to be opinions. And everyone is going to want to be involved and give pressure and advice. And even if they come from 
a place of the most beautiful intentions in the world and a place of love, they are still like all of a sudden, when you tell people you're getting engaged, or at least me, I shouldn't say you, because maybe this isn't true for you. Maybe when you, maybe you're you're happily married and when you told your family that you were getting engaged, they were like, Mazel Tov, we love you. Let's leave you the fuck alone and not tell you what to do with your life. Maybe that's maybe that's a real thing that happens for people. And and if it is, then congrats. But at least for me, I remember the minute the ring went on my finger, all of a sudden, it was like every single person was involved in our intimate relationship and this pressure. And it's just so weird, right? Like, I don't know. I've just never, not that I don't want people to know who I'm dating or I'm ashamed of any of it, but it's just fucking weird, right? To go from this intimate moment, especially having a relationship that was developed in captivity, and then all of a sudden hundreds of people have opinions and uh, advice and uh, questions about it. And I wasn't prepared for that part of that. So I don't want to blow up his spot too much. That's the thing. And that's what's been tough too is like, I want to share my story. But the problem is that there are so many other people connected to it in my family and my ex-fiance and all these other people. And I don't want to hurt them any more than they are already hurting. So at the risk of sounding like a hypocrite, I do kind of have to share a little bit of an edited version of the story right now. It's not that I'm not telling you the truth. I am telling you the truth, but I'm also honoring other people's space because they were hurt by the situation as well. And I care about them and I want to give them space to heal. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense. So calling off a wedding or an engagement, I mean, the fucking pressure. I I can't even tell you. Like, yes, I said that people have opinions and advice when you first get engaged, but if you decide (laughs) once that wedding industrial complex machine is moving and you want to try and stop it, ooh, that is tough. That is tough because suddenly there is money on the line and there are vendors that you have relationships with and everyone is looking forward to it. And I don't subscribe to this, but of course, there's that whole thing of this is supposed to be the best day of your life, right? And so if you start questioning your relationship at that point in time, wow, like that sucks, right? really fucking sucks. And just at a certain point in our relationship, I had to realize that we were happy for a very long time, but things turned toxic for both of us. It was very unhealthy on both sides, really. And um, I could no longer stay. My, like, my body literally would not allow me to enter the house without having a panic attack. And that's just my truth that I think I can say without any shame because I'm just speaking about me. And I still have so much love for that person. Of course I do. I think that we were best friends for a very long time for a reason. And we were together for a reason and we separated for a reason. And it just, but it really, it's to go from thinking that you're going to spend the rest of your life with someone and that you're going to spend at least 10 years in this house to suddenly very quickly realizing that this is not the future that is going to work for you. Like that is a mind fuck. And like I said, at the beginning of this episode was not the plan was not the plan. Uh, so I had to kind of catch up, but I also had to honor what was going on in my heart and in my body. And I have to say, I always knew (laughs) that starting this podcast would change me. Uh, I didn't realize that it would land me in this chair having this conversation today, but I got to walk the walk. I can't be in a toxic relationship and then come on the mic and tell you that you need to love yourself because that would be a lie. So here I am being fucking honest and standing in my truth and really like Thank you. Thank you to all of you who have been there and supported me through this. And also just thank you for holding me accountable 
Thank you for your messages of support. Thank you for inspiring me to continue to share because the stigma of going against the patriarchy is fucking awful. I can't even tell you. And I'm not asking anyone to feel bad for me. Quite the opposite. I think that every single day since I have left that relationship and decided to choose myself and decided to basically be married to myself and my mission in this world, it has been beautiful. And people have shown up for me. And I have seen that my years of community building are finally coming back to me and I'm able to receive. All of that is great. But like, I've also um, had to distance myself from a lot of people who I was very close to because they can't handle this new version of me. And that hurts, you know? Like, I have to grieve that, too. And I wasn't prepared for that. I thought once I left, like, every breakup I've been through, for the most part, it's like a conscious uncoupling, you know, for lack of a better word. Like, that whole fucking Gwyneth Paltrow, Chris Martin thing. Uh, not that I'm making fun of them at all, but come on, it is was kind of funny at the time. Like, conscious uncoupling, what is that? But really, I, I do think I've worked really hard as an adult to have a good batting average of choosing kind people to be friends or lovers with. And if I, we are parting ways, there is a conscious effort to have some sort of closure and to... Um, let that person know that they were important in my life and that we have to go our separate ways, but that's just the way it has to be. And uh, I think what was so painful about the situation is that because everything happened so suddenly, uh, some of it felt like it wasn't totally my choice. It was just like <laughs> a divine intervention or just a, a terrible fucking circumstance that I never thought I would find myself in. And I just had to come from instinct and trust that I was doing the right thing. And that was new for me. And that was hard. And I didn't have time to explain myself. I had no way of tying any of this up into a perfect little bow, you know? So... It's, it's just been different. It's been different. And like I said, the stigma of going against the patriarchy is fucking awful. It's not just, it's honestly not even the person I left. He gets it. He fucking gets it. We're actually on very good terms. It's actually the other people in my life, the friends, the family who um, counted on me playing this role and checking off all the boxes that you're supposed to check in adulthood of getting married and having kids and just becoming some sort of Stepford wife. Like that was never who I was going to be. Along with that, I was going to say, uh, fun things that I've been doing since then. So I had a bachelorette party that was planned and booked for October a few weeks ago. And I thought to myself, Yes, we called off the wedding, but why do we need to cancel the bachelorette party? We don't need to cancel that. Like, I need something to look forward to on my calendar. And uh, when when is a better time than now than to go out to wine country with my girlfriends and drink some wine and just be around people who love me? That sounds great. Why is it that women are only celebrated when they're getting married or having babies? Fuck that. Absolutely not. I think that we should be celebrated for the good things that we do in the world in general, and we should be celebrating each other no matter what. We shouldn't be sh just saying, oh, good job. You are marrying yourself off to a man. Let me celebrate you for that. You are about to give birth to another human and take care of them. Let me celebrate that. What about just celebrating a woman for who she is? Is that so hard? Right? So I thought, okay, we're going to go. We're still going to have this bachelorette party, but it's going to be an anti-bachelorette party. It's going to be Women's Liberation Weekend. And um, I'm really glad I did that. It was really beautiful. And because uh, I had so many people tell me that they were proud of me or inspired by me, et cetera, even within my own family, I felt like I was setting an example. I got texts from my grandmother and my mother telling me that they were proud of me when I made this decision to leave and to reinvent myself and finally become who I want to be as Kayla. Um, 
I thought, wow, if it's this inspirational to people, maybe I should film it. That sounds good because, you know, when I did Dancing Man, uh, that was me falling over backwards accidentally into documentary filmmaking. I was just the only girl behind the scenes with the camera. And uh, we were able to raise a lot of money and um, shine a light on the issues of uh, cyberbullying and body shaming and things like that. And I thought, well, I never thought that I would be the subject of a documentary, but it seems like people really – resonate with my story right now. And like I said before, I was already filming myself talking about my trauma as I was processing it from August until now because it was too much for me to write down. So I thought, well, okay, let's get a fancy camera package. Let's go get a DP. I rented a cargo van and drove it four hours each way to wine country. It was an adventure. It was fun. And also like Let's just Taylor Swift this breakup. Let's turn this shitstorm into some gold, right? Having that plan and knowing that I was making some art, that also gave me something to focus on. And it, it allowed me to put my energy into something positive instead of wallowing. And hey, I'm not recommending that if you go through a breakup, you need to film your entire healing process at all. But I think... Picking up a breakup hobby or doing something creative, even if it is just learning to play the guitar or doodling, uh, you don't even have to be good at it. That's the other thing. Like you, you can pick up a new hobby that you're really bad at. And sometimes that's better doing something that you're not good at because that's going to create new neural pathways in your brain. Okay. I just uh, said, let's reinvent this weekend. And um, asked my friends to pitch me ideas. And uh, one of my friends, Christina Elizabeth Smith, she's actually been training as a shamanic healer for two years. She's a Buddhist. She did a shamanic healing session for us. Like, whoa, it was so powerful. We filmed it. No spoilers. It was just exactly what I needed. Um, also, shout out, Christina was probably one of the most important people who helped me through this time in my life. And just just a huge thank you to her. Um she has her own podcast called Go Gently, uh, and it is uh, it's much shorter than this podcast. It's usually like most of her episodes are only 20 minutes long, and she does these. She has readings from all these Buddhist texts, and she leads people through guided meditations, and it's just beautiful. Kind of a great companion for this because I'm kind of raw and rough around the edges, and we're trying to have fun over here, and she's just, she's just cozy, you know? She's cozy. Anyway, so yeah, she did that, and... Uh, then, uh, Tony Torres, who I just acted in a short film with, uh, she's a great actress. She has been training as a, a sexual healer or sex therapist. I forget which she led us through something that we didn't film that was really interesting, um, about how you can gain power from your sexuality. It's really beautiful. Uh, and... What else? Oh, yeah. Lucia Brizzi, who has also been on this podcast. She uh, is an empowerment coach, and I've been through a lot of her events in the before times where we would get together once a month and have a women's circle and do guided meditations and guided journalings. So we kind of did that, and that was really fun, too, because her exercises, it's like, I am, and then you have to fill in the blank, or I am here to do fill in the blank. And those are big questions. And you get to do like a peer coaching where you talk with your um, – you, you pick someone in the circle and you guys go off for a few minutes and you work through these really big questions together. And so it's really beautiful because not only do you get to work out your shit, you also get closer to your friend because you help them. It's really beautiful. So we did all these different activities. We also drank wine. We uh, cooked food. Uh, Erica Curry, my comedy wife, who I used to host The Scramble with, was also there. And she was just cooking up a storm. Um, I'm not going to name off everyone who's there. It's not worth it. But if I didn't name your name, I love you. Uh, it was just – it was a beautiful, beautiful fucking weekend and exactly what I needed. And it was hard because I remember – getting there <laughs> and showing up to the house and being like, oh, oh, wow. When I chose this place, I still thought I was getting married. And when we originally planned this party, this was with the thought of celebrating that. 
And, oh, there's a few people who really let me down because they didn't show up and I can't stop thinking about them. And it's funny because we arrived and everybody else was, of course, in party mode. They're setting up the food and drinks and they're having their chitter chatter. And I was just in my head spinning and I had to go to my own room and come back. And also, P.S., this villa is beautiful. It looks kind of like the Bachelor Mansion. It's on nine acres of land up in Paso Robles. And it's, you look like, it looks like you're in Tuscany, you know, you can't have a bad day there. So that's pretty cool. Uh, But yeah, I remember what I did is I actually decided to just be in the moment and to be there and to allow myself to be seen by people that I love and trust, no matter how messy it was. Because that's the problem is my mood's been really volatile. Recovering from trauma is really hard. So I was allowed to be sad or mad or happy or quiet or loud. And it didn't matter. I wasn't judged for any of it. And that was something that I felt was really important for my process was to create this safe container and to allow myself to be witnessed by my friends. Because like we were saying before with Brene Brown, the shame is the problem. The shame is what eats you alive. It's not, I can live with everything that has ever happened to me. And I can live with every stupid choice that I've made. What I cannot live with is subscribing to the idea that I need to be ashamed about it. So I was able to process and heal and tell the whole story that I'm not telling on today's podcast about, um, what happened, you know, uh, and that was really, really healing as far as the filming, because I think a lot of people are asking me like, what is this documentary even about right now? As of the recording of this today, it's just the untitled Kayla documentary, uh, much like dancing man, I am just allowing it to unfold instead of trying to force a narrative onto it. But what I do know is that it is about me not just getting over this breakup. Let's be clear. It is about me healing an entire lifetime of generational trauma from myself and my family and my ancestors and trying to break that chain and heal like really, really deep shit. So to say that it's about calling off a wedding would be minimizing it. It's actually about me healing myself and therefore healing all of you. And it's about who am I going to show up in the world as now because my body literally won't even allow me to show up as Katie anymore. I actually did a Reiki healing session, uh, which I recorded. uh, So hopefully that'll be part of the doc. And a friend of mine referred me to this Reiki healer. And I got to tell you, you know, uh, in these two months, I've just been throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. And I remember at the time, like I said, actually before, which I barely even got into today. So we'll have to revisit this. I am vaccinated, but I caught and recovered from COVID only two weeks after the breakup. So it was, (laughs) it's been a rough go of it guys. Uh, but while I was, uh, in isolation, I was recovering from trauma and COVID at the same time, which was weirdly a gift, uh, because, mm, you know, I was isolated from other people. I had to deal with my shit, you know? So I did this Reiki session on zoom with this healer who's in Mexico and you know, I always go into these things with low expectations, uh, but but high high hopes that I will get something from it. And uh, it was really, really intense and really powerful because I told her, I said, I don't feel safe in my body anymore. Even though logically in my head, I know that I am safe. When I'm going into social situations or I'm going into work, I'm feeling jumpy. I am feeling scared. I am feeling defensive. I'm feeling combative and that's not me. I know that the decision I made is correct. And I know intellectually, like, or the logical conscious part of my brain knows that I'm safe, but there is a deep instinctual part of me that doesn't feel safe. And so we did this session and she went in and surgically removed the part of me that 
was fighting so hard against this change. And I know, I know, it sounds crazy. I don't care about sounding crazy anymore, though, guys. I mean, I run a mental health podcast. You know what you signed up for. (laughs) Um, And I'm also learning, like, if someone tells me that an idea is crazy, it actually means I should probably pursue it because that is my truth and because that is something that is against the grain. And I'm not here to please anyone or to do things by the status quo. I'll explain just briefly, because I don't think I can run through this entire 90-minute session with all of you right now, but just to touch on it, I told her about my situation a little bit. Not too much, though. Um, I just let her feel my energy and told her my immediate problem of not feeling safe in my body uh, and wanting to move forward and wanting to acknowledge all of the lessons I've learned from my childhood and adulthood up through now, but I don't want to feel so heavy where I'm walking into a room and I can't let it go. So what we found was that there was this part of me, Catherine, my legal name, that from birth until very recently was working very hard to keep me safe. And she had to do that, right? Because I grew up in, um, a single parent home up until age six. And um, my brother, as you all know by now, he's autistic and um, he didn't speak until age four. And we had a lot of different times where we were alone. And uh, I felt like I had to look out for him even though I was the younger one. So I've always been his protector. And even when I wasn't physically his protector, just emotionally against other kids or people who would judge him. And... As an adult, when uh, he had epilepsy and I'm the one who would get the phone calls in the middle of the night and run down to the ER um, to make sure he's okay after he has a grand mal seizure or when he had brain surgery a few years ago. That's not the point. Uh, So the point being, Catherine was there doing all this protecting, right? And she was also protecting my mom, my biological dad, my dad who stepped up to be my dad, all these different people and and nurturing and protecting and helping and even with loved ones, friends, just always being the person who shows up and being the person who helps. And there's nothing wrong with that. Also, to be clear, I think it is beautiful when there is someone who is able to be the glue that holds everything together, but it also takes a toll on you, which is something I didn't realize until about three years ago when I started listening to that poem that I read earlier. And I realized that I needed to let go of this trauma in order to become my full self. I didn't know how to do it at the time, but I knew that I needed to separate myself from it in order to fly. And in this session with this Reiki healer, she identified this part that always tries to be type A and controlling and anxious and uh, know-it-all, honestly, uh, when these emergency situations come up. And that I don't need that right now because I know what I've done is right. So she, when we identified that part, she said we have three options of what we can do with Catherine instead. One, she can go on vacation. <laughs> and I was like, no, Catherine never takes a fucking vacation. Two... We can let her go help another little girl that is having a tough situation. Or three, we can let her stay around and we can give her a job. Uh, And I should also say Catherine has been helping me and protecting me whenever I get in bad situations in my um, adulthood. But I don't need that anymore because I know that I am safe. Uh, So what I decided was on option number two was to let her go and help another little girl or woman who really needs help right now, who is in a tough situation and they don't know how to get out of it. Right? So we just did a cord cutting, like a a spiritual cord cutting. And I sobbed. I openly, openly sobbed because I didn't know who I was without that part. I'd never tried existing in life without that control. Uh, I saw other people do it and thought, oh, well, good for them. 
they must have it so easy. I'm never going to be able to do that. Uh, but I had never attempted to exist in my life without that part that was controlling everything because I didn't think it was possible. And she cut out that part. And like I said, I'm just walking around really raw and really vulnerable right now. But it's beautiful because I don't actually need her anymore. And the motto or mantra that I came up with during this healing session was something I want to pass along to all of you. Something that I keep saying to myself anytime I get scared of all of the new changes in my life or I get scared about making a new friend, letting a new person in, um, or even when I got scared about telling my story today. The mantra is, I am so safe within myself that no one can take that away from me. I am so safe within myself that no one can take that away from me. And that gives me a lot of power. It really does. And I don't know if that resonates with you. I really hope it does. Because I think when you are recovering from trauma or when you are adjusting to a new period of your life, the unknown is really scary and it can feel very unsafe. So I want you to know that you might not feel safe around certain people or you might not feel safe when you do certain things, but deep down on the inside, the core of who you are, you're safe inside of yourself as long as you accept who you really are, you're always going to be safe. And no matter if your best friend decides to bail on you or someone breaks your heart or anything, no one can take that away from you. No one can take your inner joy away from you. They don't get to. So I feel like that's what I'm going to leave you with today because this story, I mean, like I said, there was no way for me to explain <laughs> everything that I have processed over the last few months in one episode of this podcast. And I don't want to. I think it's really beautiful to just do this in a granular kind of way uh, and also to speak about this with others. But what I will say is I'm really glad I am launching the third season with a solo episode because that is how I launched the first season. I think it's how I launched the second season. Don't remember. It doesn't matter. But I think going into season three as Kayla and as just, just a pioneer woman pulling her own fucking wagon through life, uh, I think it is really – really important for me to share my story with you and to be honest with all of you, my sonnies, and to begin my healing process before I can start bringing in new guests and interviewing them because I have to walk the walk and I have to, at risk of sounding like a fucking cliche, you got to heal yourself before you can heal other people. You got to love yourself before you love other people. And that's not just in romantic relationships. So yeah, with these interviews, there's no way that I could have turned on the microphone um, and conducted an interview when I was in the shit because I just couldn't. I wasn't ready. And now I feel like I am. Like, Am I perfect? No, I don't desire that ever. I'm a human. But I have done enough work. I've done trauma group therapy. That'll be a fun thing to talk to you all about. Uh, I've done trauma therapy. I'm doing my regular therapy. I've done this Reiki healing session, shamanic healing, EMDR, uh, all different kinds of exercises. I've, uh, you know, tasted all the flavors of the rainbow as it were. Uh, and I've gotten in touch with a lot of old friends. I've made new friends. I've done so much to just take action moving forward. And that's all you can do is if you're in the shit, just, just take one little action today, just one 
I promise it will make you feel better. Even if that is, I don't want to get out of bed today and I'm going to get up anyway. Congratulations. You did that. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And uh, I'm your host, Kayla Dahl. This has been Crying Behind Sunglasses, your favorite mental health podcast. It's okay. You don't need to tell the other ones that I'm your favorite, but I know that I am. Uh, And if you want to learn more about me, or the show, or any of the guests that we have on the show, you can go to cryingbehindpod.com. You can also find the show at cryingbehindpod on Instagram and all the things. Also, again, I just just feel very grateful. I feel very grateful for this part of the journey and um, excited to see what's going to come. And I'm going to keep recording episodes. I'm going to keep recording the rest of this documentary, which the ending of this documentary will be literally that I have a friend who officiates weddings and he is going to officiate my wedding to myself. And that feels right. It feels correct. So until next time, stay cool, stay present. Stay sunny. Hey, so little update, a little PS. In the two weeks between recording this episode and actually releasing it to the world, I have a new social media handle across all platforms, Twitter, Instagram, etc. With my new name, it's at Kayla Doll. That's K-E-I-L-A-D-O-L-L-E. You'll figure it out. Uh, and this episode was recorded at Earwolf Studios. Thank you so much to my sound engineer, Sam Kiefer, my editor, Dave Chacho, and the new theme song, Vocals and Lyrics, are by yours truly, Kayla Dahl, and the song was produced, and instrumentals were done by Peter Stoya. All right, now for real, till next time, don't forget to breathe, take your meds, keep your sunglasses with you, all right? Sending love.